Hello and good evening. My name is Josh. I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We're the folks who can help you find the method of the madness, reason and the unreasonable, make sense out of nonsense, because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how are you doing this evening? Woo! Amped up after that. <laughs> 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 I'm too low energy still for that. I don't. I don't know how to respond to it because I just come in. The, so they, low say the voicemail. Hey, everyone, uh, we have a voicemail good. line number. You can call in with a, a conspiracy you want us to investigate something you'd like to dispute about any one of our claims or uh, any other anything else you'd like to say. Add one of us, the hosts, Aaron. Uh, what is that number? That is one eight thirty three six 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 zero nine eleven. One eight three three six six six. 0911. Speaking of which, part two of, well, technically part three, but part 2.5. Really part two. Part of two. 911. Yeah. The 911 the trilogy that we have concocted here on the show. <laughs> Finally, we get to the day. We're at the big, the big day, the big show that we prepped, that the uh, Netanyahu's prepped so hard for. <laughs> The entire country of Israel has prepped so hard for, and, and the state of Saudi Arabia, and the do you, CIA. Do you remember where you were? <laughs> Just like the moment 9/11. that... Where, where were you yeah. guys, 9-11, when, when it happened? Class I was in grade. first grade class. Wait, sorry, teacher, go on. My teacher, when our, my, uh, one of our classmates came in, and he was like, He's like, planes just hit the World Trade Center, and one of the towers collapsed. So we, the second plane, like, the towers were collapsing when I heard about it, because we, I was in middle school, so I didn't hear, it was like first period, like 8.33, or second period or something, 9.30, when the tower fell. And I, so when the first tower fell, he came in and said, a plane hit the World Trade Center, and the tower fell, and she said, Drew, don't be a retard. Those towers wouldn't <laughs> fall from just a plane hitting it. <laughs> that's a science, science teacher a scientist Man, uh, an it, expert making that claim an expert in the field yeah honestly though any science teacher that's going to call one of her students a retard which he probably <laughs> was it, i'll probably listen to her I'll, I'll listen to her a little bit i'll at least hear what she has to say she's at least being honest because guess what just a plane hitting it wouldn't knock it over she was right so that's from a scientist I, guys so trust the science I was on, uh, I'm on the West Coast, so I, we had the news on, like, before going to school, essentially, in my house, and the news had, like, both smoking buildings, essentially, they were showing it and everything like that, and my dad pointed to it, and he looked at me, and he said, those buildings are coming down within the hour, because uh, uh, my dad is actually has a field, uh, he's a professional in the field of architecture, and his uh, graduating research projects from, um, college was actually about the construction design and uh structural integrity of oh, the world trade center that's awesome that he had, yeah but what uh, does his early life wikipedia say <laughs> he had a the wikipedia says he has a really good attention to detail uh so, so we have one expert telling us uh no way those towers are coming down from just a plane hitting them and another expert telling us that the towers are coming down how interesting indeed well, we only have one tiebreaker. Whoever said retard the most wins. Bob, uh, would you like to... Uh, <laughs> True. Goddamn. Do any, any details of your story? How many times... Perhaps the, uh, you know, the one specifically of how many times your dad might have said retard that morning. Uh, probably half a dozen times, give or take. 
Yeah. It was pretty uh, a widely used word back in those days, back in there we, r- the early 2000s. Yeah. People. Uh, there we have it, folks. Good. Yeah. No one, no one looked at you weird when you called someone a faggot either. Like it, was, that. it was good times. <laughs> yeah. There was only, you literally just couldn't say the N word and you couldn't say. Like, it couldn't used to be so much worse. That was it. Those yeah. are the only two words you weren't allowed to say and somebody would yell at you for. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of say that now again. You just can't, like, have a bad date or you get me too. As long as Hashtags, you don't get, like, hashtag the enemy of the modern man. Fine, I think. Okay, let's get right into it. The current timeline is that both towers had flown into, or I'm sorry, both towers were hit. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was and wilder than I thought. They're, they're currently smoking and they haven't fallen yet, right? This is the current, this is within the hour of them smoldering and still being, uh, uh, erect as one would say so while they were while what everyone was watching and hoping that these towers were not going to fall edmund barack or ehud barack i'm sorry uh was on bbc world right do, doing an interview he was the former prime minister to israel and he was the current israeli uh, military chief for the israeli government now, they're looking at both smoking towers, and he tells them, the world will never be the same uh, from today on. We know it's Osama bin Laden. Now, time it's time to launch an operational and concrete war against terror. Uh, thank, thanks for the... <laughs> so, everything's uh, thanks getting... Thanks for the, the prudence, uh, the <laughs> council, ahead. you know... Sorry, what, what would you say his military position was in the uh, in Israel? He was the military chief. I don't know exactly. I, I think that's like the political end, kind of well, like the White like House end a position of the to, leadership uh, of the military. To know specifically what's going on with like Laden, with the you know what's going on with terrorism in the Middle East, and he seems like the person we should be listening to with regards to a uh, fighting a war on terror, right? Josh. Well, it, Josh, it's hold just... on. Wait, 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 Josh. <laughs> I live in a house of four. There were times where a a box of leftovers would go missing in the fridge and the mystery would go longer <laughs> than them pinpointing exactly who destroyed the World Trade Center <laughs> within like 30 minutes of the first plane hitting it. And they already knew yes, the bad guy. Yeah. No, There's been the, peanut butter sandwiches missing that uh, the mystery was more extensive than yeah, the World Aaron, Trade Center were you crash. A fatty and who like, fatty? responsible yeah. for him. There was only four people that could have done it. <laughs> okay, that just sounds gay, but yeah, yeah, I, 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 uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what they were called. That was the sizes. They were just like, they were kid but, sizes. It was 10 and 10 Husky. <laughs> That's what I had to wear. I had to go to the Husky section. But yeah. So we it, didn't have that like because they, we, we didn't have Oshkosh Bagosh to, to, for our children's clothes shopping. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. There was nothing. They just would call you fat. Like your teacher would tell you, like, yeah, you're getting pretty fat. You should probably stop that. I, I mean, so to get back to it, I, I totally agree with Aaron. The fact that before the towers even fell, the news media, along with senior Israeli officials, plus uh, American government officials were telling us that we know who did it already. It was Osama bin Laden. Like we, we know this as a matter of fact. They, they rammed it down our throat before anyone could question who or why so or like some of the Laden had kind of been like a public enemy number one idea, for at right? least a decade at that point. He was still a, a you know a 
member or involved, very involved with everything going on in the Middle East for a decade before that. Uh, I- I'm wondering also, so you two were a bit older at the time. Did people like know the name Osama bin Laden going into 9-11? Like the, the average person, would they have known who that was, what he looked like before that day and seeing his picture in the news and everyone talking about him for the next 10 years? The average person, no, but maybe if you, you might oh, have C-SPAN, known who he was if you're one of those people that like, watches like the top wanted list and like really, he was like known before that, but I don't remember exactly why, but he wasn't like super known. I, I think he was known kind of like Al Baghdadi was when Trump took him out <laughs> and everyone made the, this huge spiel about how important Al Baghdadi was and everyone knew who he was and the common person okay, was that's, like, that's who the fuck? <laughs> I think that's how well he was known kind of thing. But then again, the CIA yeah, exactly. was setting him yeah, up that's, that's my since the late 80s to be public enemy number one, though, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there was definitely footnotes like leading up to the event of, you know, this is the bad guy that we should all be worrying about. And uh, of course, we we covered last episode how they made two movies regarding planes flying into the World Trade Center as a uh, act of terrorism. And they even left off because in the movie they had destroyed one. And in the, at the end of the movie, the the terrorist is the Islamic <laughs> terrorist is being driven through New York City he goes next time we'll get both. <laughs> So I think everything was pointing there way before the event even took place. Um, so you want to know something weird that's on the same vein of that, by the way? Yeah, what? Um, and I actually have a clip for that. The BBC, when they were covering it, BBC World, they announced that the that Tower 7, the Salman Brothers building, collapsed before it even collapsed. And in the video behind the lady's shoulder telling us how it collapsed and why it's literally standing it's still standing behind her. interesting it, interesting it 20 minutes later did you know that uh, what dude okay play, i just i posted it in uh show clips just uh play that one right now yeah. just play like the first two minutes of it yeah go ahead i'm pulling it up right now now more on the latest building collapse in you might have heard a few moments ago was talking about the Salomon Brothers building collapsing and indeed it has apparently that's only a few hundred yards away from where the World Trade Center towers were and it seems that this was not a result of a new attack it was because the uh, building had been weakened uh, during uh, this morning's attacks we'll probably find out more now about that from our correspondent Jane Stanley Jane what more can you tell us about the Salomon Brothers building and its collapse Well, only really what you already know. Details are very, very sketchy. There's almost a sense downtown in New York. Okay. Literally behind her head. No, no, they're talking about another building. building, If she moves her head to the left just slightly, you'll see like half of Tower 7. Oh, oh, excuse me. I, I, uh, my bad. I I misheard. Go on. No, no, that, that is Tower 7. The the only other building that collapsed was Tower 7. Um, Okay. They, well, they said the Salman Brothers building. Apparently, that was another name for it. That's all. Down by the World Trade Centers of uh, just an area completely closed off as the rescue workers try to do their job. But this isn't the first building that um, has suffered as a result. We know that right behind her head, the Marriott Hotel next to the World Trade yeah. Center yeah. also collapsed as a result of this 
huge amount of falling debris from and she moves like to the side to look out the window and you see the even better. towers of the world trade center as you can see behind me the uh trade center appears to be still burning we see the that building right there to the right is the fuck is building you know, seven behind that there's behind that brown piece building piece of what was a very familiar new york skyline a the the one that outlines the skyline to the right yeah, yep. this is a uh, very. They should very just covered with their head right there. Pull up, pull up pictures uh, of Building Seven for us. Let's verify this. Yeah, it's almost like she didn't know what any of the buildings looked like because she's just a BBC reporter and she was handed a script, so she's just talking. Like it's not like this lady knows anything. She's just reading whatever lines they throw up there. They're literally like Anchorman. Like she would literally say, "Go fuck yourself, San Diego." <laughs> like if that just showed up on the screen. I'm pretty sure, like, the average New Yorker, too, wouldn't be able to, like, oh, yeah, like, World Trade Center Building 7. It's that one right there. I totally know what, what that is. That's a that's a New York monument right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. New Yorkers, uh, I feel like they know their landmarks. But for this one in particular, I, I don't know that it would stand out. Uh, yeah. So what are you finding there, Josh? God, my internet's being slow. It's still loading. Holy shit. So yeah, like um, but anyways, they, so yeah, they wanted to confirm this. We'll confirm, but let's just talk like I'm right, because I'm always right. But um, <laughs> BBC announced that it collapsed 20 minutes before it collapsed, and why. And we got the same exact story as to why it collapsed after it collapsed, as BBC reported to us. So they were A, correct, but in, like they predicted the future correctly. Well, they got the script. They had the script in hand. They just didn't know when to read the script. Yeah, <laughs> they missed exactly. the part. <laughs> they probably <laughs> fucked up an hour in like the uh, like time difference or something, <laughs> like time zone difference. There's literally something that stupid. They probably didn't convert. It was like daylight savings or something, and they just didn't convert it correctly. And they're like, oh, at 8.30, we're supposed to say this. And it was really supposed to be 9.30. Uh, another very strange fact about the day of 9-11 was that Ehud Olmert, the Deputy Prime Minister of Israel, was in New York on the day of 9-11. But he was in New York secretly. So the, the day before, on September 10th, he had uh, orchestrated a, a deal to sell or purchase, uh, I believe, their... Um, uh, I, I think it was the... Um, their political party's like football team, I believe it was, their soccer team. He was doing something... In regards to that, in New Jersey the day before, was in New York on the day of 9-11, and he flew out from New York City on an LL-747, and it was the only plane in the state or on the East Coast to fly out of the city itself and fly back to Israel. That was the only plane to take off after this whole shit, like, this whole shit show started for everything, because... I don't know if you remember, but like they locked down all flights. They rerouted. Uh, there's a famous yeah. story where they rerouted all of the flights. I saw the musical on, come like, from the away. northeast I, coastline. I, I've listened to that musical. Yeah. I know the story, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they made like a documentary about like the airport that that took in all of the flights and shit like that that were redirected. I think it was somewhere in like Canada, the border of Canada. Um, but yeah, that that was another weird one, and it was. Mostly secret, like no one actually knew he was there or why he was there in the city. So, moving on, there was a news broadcast 
later that morning, still on the same day of 9-11, the news broadcast stated that the FBI was looking for five Middle Eastern men who were videotaping and celebrating the attack on the World Trade Center. A woman in New Jersey found uh, saw five men jumping up and down, dancing, sparking their lighters in the air, and... <laughs> In celebration, did it look at all like uh, of the, the smoking Yeager tower? And Kevin at the cabin trip. If you're familiar with that clip. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that now that you mention it, it could have been their fathers. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an official news broadcast on the day of 9/11 that went out over the radio waves and on live broadcast television. I didn't actually go out and look for um, the the television broadcast of that. I, I think it was kind of like underground. Um, so two two of those men were direct Mossad agents, and the FBI and the CIA confirmed that they knew beforehand that these men were like they had known that these guys were Mossad agents leading up into uh, to this investigation. They were arrested with multiple passports and large amounts of cash money on their person, like shoved into their shoes and socks. The, the FBI who picked them up uh, questioned them and they said that, yes, they had been at the World Trade Center this morning and they had done um, a chemical swab of the van that they were um, riding around in and found uh, trace amounts of explosive material. What kind of explosive material? The FBI never stated. <laughs> A very interesting. Wow. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they well, had. Go ahead. Well, uh, another thing that because we were talking about how they identified that it was Osama bin Laden within like an hour. Do you know what the official story on that really? What the how they identified him so quickly? No. I mean, I I figure no. it's that I, I figured the, it was. Like the the same organization or Al, Al Qaeda had had their um like uh, terrorist attacks or 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 attempts on the World Trade Center in the past, and they're kind of the you know they would be the people who would have done this. Uh, and there was some information nope. or intelligence. You're ahead thinking. Of time. Nope, you're thinking way too logically. Like a person that's thinking about this, like it's a real above board investigation. What the official story and how they figured it out so fast is that. They found one of the terrorist passports on the ground outside of the building that flew out of the uh, plane after it exploded into the building intact and were able to identify him and knew that he was part of Al-Qaeda. The, the, the building was the practically disintegrated I, and the passport was perfectly fine. Oh, look at the video of the plane going into it. It goes into it, never comes out the other side, and just... Boom! Fucking hellfire explosion, and their their official story is that a passport flew out of that explosion, landed on the ground. Somebody found it, gave it to the cops. The cops then gave that to the FBI, and that's how they identified that it was Al Qaeda as fast as they did. That is one hundred percent bullshit. It's like. You know, Google it. It's everything's right there. Yeah, that's the official story, dude. It's always it really is. Once you just argue things from the official story, and if you can just if you aren't mentally handicapped and you can use any ounce of discernment, you realize that that is not fucking possible. That's so goddamn stupid. You have to be 
brainwashed and deranged in order to believe that story. And I, sir, am just deranged. I Sorry, go. On. I had no idea that was the official story, and there's no way in hell that I would ever believe it, even before researching for this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's retarded. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that is... Okay, so speaking of which, I think now would be a good time, because we're getting kind of post the day a little bit here. Um, the video that you Whoa. sent of... Oh, when they hit the Pentagon? When, when they actually hit the Pentagon, yeah. So let me switch my screen so we, we, right here. A plane supposedly crashed in the Pentagon, and there's no plane parts except for, like, I think they threw a plane tire out in the lawn. Well, it's it's uh, probably right. the secret. Yeah. They probably yeah, had a same. secret alien technology black hole generator in the Pentagon that just sucked up the rest of the debris. You know, the, all those secret experiments and uh, underground labs and uh, alien artifacts they have stored there, right? Yeah. Thank you for Dude, that wait. hypothesis, Doctor Don Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Every time that they do these like fake crashes and shit, there's always like an intact plane wheel, just just randomly. A, a tire is the plane's equivalent of a shoe so that you know that it's like part it's of the a... plane's equivalent of a shoe yeah basically <laughs> it's just there so that you can be like whoa a plane must have crashed here and this came off it this is the plane part it is wildly suspicious of what this report reveals here let's play it outside the pentagon cnn's military affairs correspondent jamie mcintyre and jamie you got very close to where that plane went down. That's right, Judy. A short uh, a, a while ago, I walked right up to next to the building was uh, uh, firefighters were still trying to put out the blaze. The, the fire, by the way, is still burning in some parts of the Pentagon. And I took a look at the huge gaping hole that's in this sideway. But from my close-up inspection, uh, there's no evidence of a plane having crashed anywhere near the Pentagon. The only site uh, is the actual uh, side of the building that's crashed in. And as I said, the only pieces left uh, that you can see are, are small enough that you could pick up in your hand. Uh, there are no large uh, tail sections, wing sections, uh, a fuselage, nothing like that anywhere around. Wow. Fucking bloody wow. That <laughs> I, I remember like that was like the biggest source of controversy too, leading, leading out of 9-11. It's like, okay, well, where the fuck? Like there wasn't actual video coverage like, of the plane crashing into the Pentagon like we did with like the second plane into the second there was, tower. There was one lawn camera that caught literally one frame of yeah. something coming through frame and hitting the side of the Pentagon. And it's oh, not okay. a plane. It's ridiculous. It's, I wish I had that video. I can't find it. But um, that's the only thing I've ever seen on that is there's one lawn camera, like a security cam. So you know how shitty security cams are. Where yeah. it's like you watch somebody walking down a hallway and they're like skipping ahead and you see them for like seven frames. Well, the, the F it's yeah, like that. Exactly. The FBI could have zoom in enhanced, but that particular lab, that com particular computer lab, was destroyed in the in the crash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How convenient! Oh, dude, it's it's bananas. Uh, the like the the official story is so stupid now. Looking back at it, uh, so so the the controversy was that since the Pentagon wasn't destroyed. That the plane would still, you know, plane debris would be there. They could investigate this a bit further, uh, and all that situation. It, it just clearly wasn't a plane that hit it. Like there, no plane hit that. Like it what was like supposedly a, hit it then? They just like shot a missile into it. like a missile. Oh, 
Like they just Pro- yeah. got a missile into it. Interesting. I mean, they are the Pentagon. They can launch a missile to like anywhere on the planet at their so, will. So <laughs> what happened to the flight that went missing or that supposedly uh, had run into the Pentagon then? Was there, is there another empty field in Pennsylvania I'm not aware of? I have no idea. Oh. I, it's not... No, they're part of the people that they talk about, but there's not like a movie about it. Like the 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 heroes that saved everybody and crashed the plane in Pennsylvania, and then that one is, uh, and the other one about that is they recovered like so many people's like personal effects in that, and that plane just exploded on the ground too. But that went that would atomize and disintegrate way more than the Pentagon one would. If you're flying a plane directly down vertically into the ground, yeah, like the, pretty light. One of like the hardest services ever. There would be nothing left. Yeah, yeah, but, but they it, need it, a box of personal effects so that ties <laughs> you in emotionally, so you feel like it happened to your family members. That's that's how they do these things. <laughs> So last week we mentioned how a, a lot of prominent um, Israeli nationals and Zionists uh, su- suspiciously w- didn't go to work that day. Larry Silverstein have, having gone to what the doctor gone water skiing or something like that. Uh, a couple other people going to like see their parents or seeing their 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 elderly uh, mother or or father in the in the rest home or whatever it was. But for whatever reason, not a lot of Israelis died in this attack. The Jerusalem Post on the day of 9-11 uh, had stated that up to, they, they had thought that up to 4,000 Israeli nationals were believed to be in or near the World Trade Center at that time. After that report, it had come out that only four Israeli nationals died due to the events of of the uh, the were, attack. Were more in the building? So, or? To, to be fair, or just in the area or in the yeah. building, both of them. To be fair, the initial estimates, while the towers were still standing, uh, and like right after the collapse, that everyone was suggesting that around like thirty thousand people would would have died in this attack, and it only resulted in like what like thirty two or like thirty eight hundred deaths in, in total. Thanks for responders. I believe like the, the total count was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, well engineered fire escapes and and exits out of a building, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so. One of the weird things is that uh, there there was a messaging. Uh, I wouldn't call it an app because it was two thousand one. People were using like Blackberries, and we like barely had. I don't even think we had smartphones back yet, then, then, then or anything like associated. Black yeah. yeah, Blackberries were a thing. We had, we had Paul there was a, excuse uh, me. Yeah, it was, the, was day, a, the day of the early flip phone. Yeah. yeah. And probably like the advent of like the the early one where the screen was like pretty large and it had like a full keyboard on it and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so there was a messaging um, application that was being used back then in 2001. It was called Odigo Instant Messaging Service. And they had made a public statement on the Heretz newspaper, a newspaper based in Jerusalem, I believe, or in, in Israel. And they had come out, the, the CEO of the company had made a public statement saying that two of its employees received messages two hours before the Twin Tower attacks on 9-11, predicting the attack would happen. So two hours before, people got messages on this messaging service saying, get away from the World Trade Center, there will be an attack, a terrorist attack on it. And the company has been cooperating with Israel and American law enforcement, including the FBI and Mossad, in trying to find the original sender of the message 
uh, predicting the attack. So, so obviously, the FBI did their due diligence, followed up, found this person, and were able to uh, unravel the conspiracy involved with this story. Yeah, no. Well, at the end of the message, it said, Love Osama bin Laden. So that's what I knew. No, no, Osama bin Laden sent from my smartphone. Actually, the message. The original message was in Hebrew, and it was it was shared and sent completely in Hebrew. It wasn't in any other language. <laughs> Literally in code. Okay. So, yeah. So the the day is over. The investigation uh, shall begin into exactly what happened because everyone deserves to know exactly what happened on the day of nine eleven. Right. Right. So wait, this a Digo message service? That that story's confirmed. I've never heard that one. That was an official statement that the CEO of that company made to a newspaper on that day. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's somebody that did it, thought didn't think it was bad as long as they didn't kill any uh, you know, good Jews because they're probably like Talmudic, where it's like Anybody that's just a goy is just a, is like livestock, so it doesn't matter if you kill three thousand pigs. Um, but as long as you keep the the real humans safe by sending them messages in God's language, then you're you're safe. You're fine. That's literally how the exactly like is written. Yeah, you get insane. it. Yeah. So just a quick recap: the executive director of the CIA. Um, had also previously been the head chair of a uh, investment banking firm that had short sold uh, United Airlines stock by 90% five days before the World Trade Center attack. So they pulled the GameStop uh, on wait, wait, wait. Oh, uh, so United Airlines. So here, here's a, a quick interim theory. Uh, perhaps um, the, the Israeli uh, intelligence agencies being there in the Middle East had a lead or had some of the information ahead of time, but because of, uh, you know, various classified communications and uh, not knowing how secure the United States government and their agencies were, that it couldn't get to travel to them yet. But all of these uh, Israeli national individuals you're talking about, they perhaps had the security clearances and the need to know to um, get this information ahead of time. I, I, I think the Israeli intelligence agencies are just, you know, were that much ahead of the CIA and FBI in this particular instance. Yeah, we probably didn't. We probably didn't listen to him because we're a bunch of dirty anti-Semites. That's probably what that, that, that also makes they sense. Didn't warn us. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was like, well, then why would our greatest ally not give us this information? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they I'm, tried. They, they tried their best. I'm sure. All right. So now comes the the cover up of what happened and who was involved, right? So we have the attorney Attorney General Ashcroft at the time. Uh, he was he had some very very bad press going in and and also coming out of 9/11 during this time so he kind of went under the radar and he he appointed Michael Sheratoff to be uh, who was the assistant attorney general and he was appointed in prosecuting the crime of 9/11 uh, to go back to Ashcroft real quick he has since like he kind of like snuck under the radar and got got out of everyone's way and then became a, a consultant for Israeli aircraft industries uh, after everything was said and done, by the way. That's a little history of, of what happened to our former attorney general under, <laughs> under I think, Bush back then. Yeah. He became what? what did, he went from attorney general to what? 
a consult uh, a security consulting um, gig that his his prime um, consulting gig was from the Israeli aircraft industries, a company oh based in Israel. So he got a he got a uh, he literally got a no show like six figure no show job. Got yeah, it. they <laughs> put him on payroll essentially to keep him quiet. Yeah. So the guy that he appointed to prosecute the crime of 9-11, Michael Sheridoff, a little background on him. He's an Israeli national. His mother was a known Mossad agent. Uh, and he was put in charge of the 9-11. He was put in charge of the 9-11 commission. Oh. He then became the second head of the Department of Homeland Security. He controlled the oh access God. to the evidence, which they ended up destroying. <laughs> I freaking love okay. this man. I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that on so many of these conspiracies, we've become just just virulent anti semites. Apparently, but <laughs> imagine if it was any other country. Like, imagine that. Imagine or, if that was if he was dual citizen Russia and he was Russian and his mom was a KGB, you know, KBG yeah. agent. It'd be like you'd be like, that's fucked up. Why would they do that? Especially if it's like. The Ukraine that's suspected to have attacked us, and it's like, yeah, oh, let's get a Russian guy in there now. That now we have to go attack Ukraine. It's like that insane. So uh, I briefly mentioned the destruction of evidence, and typically that destruction of evidence came through like the nine eleven commission and the people who were appointed in running that and everything like that. But there was one. There's there's actual physical evidence to be dealt with, and that's the ground zero me- like metal scrap that they had to get out of there, which was there for a very long time uh, and was essentially boiling iron underneath the rubble for up to three months. Right? Still fucking that, that's what that. we heard that's, last that's week. In, yeah. Insane theory <laughs> that that would be the case, but like from the, what do you say? Nano ferrite? Was that it? The, the, the nano thermite. particles the from thermite, the um, thermite. Yeah. The, the thermite uh, chemical reaction where, cause the nano part- I can't confirm. And like I'm not gonna assume that there's boiling fucking iron. Yeah, yeah. And no. that, that there's a nanothermite particle. Like I can't confirm any of that. So that like well, what, what you can what you can confirm is what was it? Um, the reports of those particles or that smoke that was billowing out of Ground Zero contain those particles, and uh, they were doing those tests tests up to three months after uh, the, the attack itself. Yeah, yeah, but who's they? Like I. Like that's what I mean. Yeah, I can see, confirm I, that there I, I was smoke yeah. coming out of it. I can co- the, confirm that there was smoke. I can't confirm that there was nano thermite particles. Like the best I can give you right now is the the reports said. Like I'll give you my typical CNN analysis of these things. The reports have claimed uh, yeah, the yeah. smoke was billowing out of the ru- rubble. Anyway, so the the actual evidence, the hard evidence itself, the physical evidence, it was sent to junkyards. To be cut down into small pieces, no bigger than than uh, five feet, and then uh, piled onto uh, shipping container ship or container ships, and shipped over to Asia and sold as scrap metal. Now, so uh, sorry again, the, the evidence you mean like the uh, rubble or physical the building, yeah, the building itself, itself, the rubble. Yeah, did we sell a lot of scrap metal or have you know an, an active um, you know steel trade with? Uh, East Asia at the time? No. In fact, um, at that time, during uh, the, the months after 9-11, it was a 50-year low in the global price of scrap metal. 
there there was no economic or business acumen into being like oh let's let's cut all this up spend $25 a ton to ship to to Asia and then sell it for literally the cheapest price it's been for 50 do years. Do you know who the buyers were? Or like what what country what company? Uh, I believe it was China. And so interesting. <laughs> one of the funny thing is is that one of the junkyards that were contracted into handling uh, the rubble from the from ground zero, uh, it had been a three generation family owned scrapyard. An Italian family owned it for three goddamn generations. Months leading up into the the attack, um, it was bought out by by a private company. Uh, I, I think the. The guy describing this said, I think um, it was a company of like criminals or something like that, or like mobsters from like um, Canada that came down and bought it. But that was also had ties to the Israeli government. And so they bought it from this family and then hired on the family to do consulting work and, and to actually run the place for them. Yeah. Right. They were just going to be owners, not operators. Of, of, is, of is, that a, is that a thing? Like, do people buy scrapyards uh, and as an investment of any sort, I, I don't know. Like, I don't have any context for this. Uh, whether or not that would make sense in any sort of business context. Well, I, yeah, I have somebody, if it, you know, they exist in every city, like multiple places. So, I'm oh, sure, if, you, if it's a business that runs everywhere, then you, I'm sure they make some kind of profit. And where there's any profit to be made, somebody's going to buy that business and operate it at some point. But okay, that yeah, that's a makes sense. I would love to know more about the owners and like if he is. Ran, People like what? How strong are these ties? Basically, how strong are these ties to the Israeli government? Like, it's just another interesting thing. It just <laughs> always so happens. There's such a busy people for being one percent of the population. You know what I mean? They just seem to have their hands in everything. <laughs> gravel, gravel, gravel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's insane. All right. So now we get to uh, the 9/11 tort litigation that took place. So families of the victims filed uh, civil lawsuits to make claims for, you know, the loss of life and stuff like that uh, in, in federal court in the United States. The federal judge who handled the 9-11 tort litigation was Alvin Hellerstein. His son, <laughs> Joseph Hellerstein, was a lawyer in Israel representing the parent company of ICTS. Now, the parent company of, okay, well, first, ICTS was the security firm that handled security that handled security at airports okay. and it handled the security at Boston at Kennedy <laughs> it handled all of the major airports that well, I thought the, the terrorists flew out I thought of they flew into LAX or no I excuse me where did they my, my bad that was the destination I was thinking of when they first come into the country I think one was not, like not a, the actual day one was like Baltimore yeah, yeah. I don't yeah I don't remember That's where they mean. actually flew out of but, so but, yeah, yeah, the, this company yes. I, ICTS uh was doing security before we had TSA obviously they were doing security for all of the airports that the terrorists flew out of that day so they were being represented in the lawsuit and so was the the parent company of ICTS which was uh Rothschild management <laughs> So, so they're being sued for negligence or something of the sorts. <laughs> so, wait, hold on. So, the judge's son was a lawyer for the parent company, Rothschild Management. Uh, what? Yes. And that's not a conflict of interest. Wait, hold on. 
the the Rothschild uh, security company that ran off. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. They, uh, the judge dismissed the company, the parent company, because it was just a parent company. And he said there was no reason for that rather than to step down because of the conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and the head, yeah, the head of that company, the CEO of Rothschild group and chairman of the Israeli general bank, who, who was the, the, what was it? The CEO of this, this parent company, etc. So he was the head of the Israeli bank. <laughs> He, he had a hand in uh, the Rothschild management or financial management group and the same company that uh, hosted security at all the airports that the terrorists flew out of. This is the guy that's handling the, the 9-11 tort litigation for American families, mind you. So Kenneth Feinberg, the special master of the 9-11 compensation fund, he was the guy that that figured out the the number of value that he would offer to the families. I, I think um, I remember this being like a point he, he of contention. Would, he, yeah. He decided the payout to each tort claim. That that was that was his job in this litigation, right? Well, with his, a name like Feinberg, what's not to trust, you know? His wife is the executive of the United Israel Appeal, the UIA the Jewish Federation of Washington, and on the board of governors of Jewish agency. I, I feel like, I feel like uh, <laughs> this, this trend is just uh, another attempt to slander the hardworking, intelligent uh, Jewish academic lawyerly community. It's it just, uh, there are a lot of Jewish lawyers for whatever reason, and it just happens to be a... Well... Uh, yes? I, this only honestly... It only means one thing. Obviously, all this evidence compiled, once you really think about it, it means that Osama bin Laden definitely did it, and he acted alone. Him and his group. So, and also, the special <laughs> mediator... Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, I just want to get this one last bit out, because they're directly tied. The special mediator who arranged the out-of-court settlements for the 96 families who refused compensation from Feinberg... Uh, was handled by Sheila Birnbaum. And she was a, uh, I, I think, an associate partner at a firm that was literally based in Tel Aviv as well. <laughs> how did all these people, like lawyers so and mediators this, get this decided is, on? How were they you know, hired or appointed for this it, particular case? Uh, well, I'm assuming by like Congress and, you know, uh, everyone who has like political power and stuff oh, like thanks, that. Oh, thanks, Congress. So, so the entire idea behind, yeah, the entire idea behind this is that to cover this up, to to cut all ties with the preparation and the association that they have with this attack is stall all discovery from any court to expose the truth of what happened. So their entire goal in this point, which is uh, clearly backed up by who these people are and the ties that they have with the country of Israel was to settle everything out of court and to avoid all sources of, of, of legal discovery. Because if, if the public starts finding shit like out of like court ordered documents, then like everything uh, kind of gets thrown out of the water. Like shit kind of goes downhill for the people who planned and, and coordinated the, this. Type uh, of remind thing. me to how, how much did they uh, decide so. that human life was worth in, um, in this particular case? Uh, typically anywhere from like one to two up to like $5 million is like what, what they were giving out for compensation. Wait, they didn't give out equal amount per person. 
No, I I don't think so. How how did they decide? Uh, I I have I have no idea of, of the details. Of, you know, that's something that the mediator and the judge kind of decided. Yes, uh, a couple yeah. million per person. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. actually part of the Talmud, too, I'm pretty sure, is where they, if, like, something does happen where you, like, kill a bunch of goy, you have to compensate, like, they're, like, you killed a bunch of, like, farm animals. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Oh, my God. And then it's, it's just, okay. Then it's, I mean, it's you're, okay. You're right in the eyes of God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fine. So, so effect, effectively, from this case, nothing was uh, discovered or unveiled with regards to the uh, deaths of the the deaths of the, of the victims or the, the families. They weren't able to like. They pretty much just got some compensation. There wasn't uh, really anything else other than that that came from this. There was no investigation. In, there was no investigation. There was no criminal investigation. In fact, the what? only way that the the documents that. Yes, which is like one of the weirdest parts. Uh, the, one of the videos I linked last week was, was the attorney that was representing the families suing Saudi Arabia um, for the cause of 9-11. I don't know if you guys have looked into that at all. I've not, uh, no. There's been a lot of, because like uh, there was a bill that was passed saying that it's like, okay, well, Americans have the right to sue like a foreign country for uh, terrorist attacks. Obama came out and um, vetoed it, and then it got passed in the House and Senate to like uh, an overwhelming majority. It was like ninety-eight to one, and so that allowed these ninety-six families to hire an attorney, a guy from Dartmouth who graduated from Dartmouth Law, and he went through multiple um, like cycles with the the federal government itself. Like very funny uh, freedom of information. Um, requests that he sent out in his lawsuit to figure out, you know, a who's responsible, who has ties and stuff like that. Um, so he points out that there has never been a case of domestic murder in the United States where national security and state secrets were involved to withhold discovery in a in a civil lawsuit. And it's also the only mass murder on. Uh, on United States territory that hasn't been investigated and prosecuted. Sorry, so you said this was uh, during Obama's term, uh, Obama's term, so like, let's say, seven, eight, nine, ten years later? The, uh, uh, yes, so the bill got passed during Obama's term. He tried to uh, get rid of it and the House and Congress, which is kind of interesting, too, because I know, like, most of the House, and, uh, uh, what was it, the Senate and Congress have strong ties to Israel and they get a lot of their funding from there and everything and like maybe that. Maybe they weren't, uh, it kind of makes you wonder like what they weren't tipped off about the financial crisis, lost pull. money investments uh, around that time. <laughs> I had a little bit of spite. Well, isn't that, ju- isn't that just another level of obfuscation because then why are they suing Saudi Arabia? Well, yeah, well, well because why, Bob? 15, 15, 15 out of the 19, uh, hijackers, were actually Saudi Arabia nationals. And also, there's ties to 11 Saudi Arabian government officials tied directly to 9-11 through this um, lawsuit against Saudi what, Arabia. What do you mean? They found out 11... What do you mean tied directly to? What does that, that's what does that all, mean? That's all that, that... 
that's all that he's legally allowed to say okay. because Come not on. only do they redact a lot of the information in this, but they also um, put a gag order on it, so he can't even tell his client the connections. Is which are the ninety six? Is it classified or something? Technically, yes. Yeah. The, the the court said yes. You you can you you won discovery with this information, but there's a gag order on it because of national security interests. Oh, interesting. <laughs> very very interesting. Yeah. So according to the government, you we can't know who's responsible for nine eleven, even though we definitely think it's Osama bin Laden. But you can't really know who's responsible for nine eleven because that is state secrets. And it would yeah, yeah, we, we, we figured that out like 30 minutes after the first plane hit, I thought. That, we that, knew who it was. That is like the most telling thing for me because, you know, they're trying to have, have it both ways, like have their cake and eat it too. Or it's like, oh yeah, like this guy did it. Also, we were not going to give you inform- any information because that would compromise us and our position, in, you know, uh, around the world or even with amongst our own populace. Yeah, of course. Especially if it's so open and shut. I thought it was definitely Osama bin Laden. You know, it's like... yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm not I'm not particularly familiar. What's uh what's the U.S. relationship with Saudi Arabia been like over the last like 20, 30 years? Did you know? If- uh, good allies. I well I know leading up into the Obama era, still very good allies. In fact, leading up into two thousand one, where the the attack happened, Saudi Arabia was our main supplier of fossil fuels at the time. Okay, so. If you put all of this, all of this research, uh, and you put it all together, and especially the ties that this specific lawsuit has has found that the CIA had confirmed that they were tracking the hijackers. They knew exactly what airports they were going to, and they were tracking when they got on the flights and everything like that. So they they the hijackers were already being watched by the United States intelligence agencies leading up into this. So great. Yeah. So what's your final verdict on this then, Bob? The final verdict is it was definitely a co- coordinated planned attack. It was an inside job, but also with the help of Israel and Saudi Arabia. An inside job from, from whom? From the CIA, from uh, President Bush, from Israel and Saudi Arabia. From yeah. I, I wouldn't just yeah, Zionists yes. in general. <laughs> like I <laughs> I I'd I'd highly suggest uh, especially um, not just the video of what was it Christopher Bolin that was linked on the first episode, but also the video of what was it the, the Dartmouth uh, interview with the litigator of the 96 families in Saudi Arabia. Watch that video because he, that guy in particular, he's very milk toast when it comes to politics. And someone asked a question, he goes, do you think Bush uh, invaded uh, Afghanistan? Uh, to get back at like what happened to his father or something like that. And, and the guy just straight up answered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, I, I think it goes much deeper than just like a personal vendetta from Bush. Uh, I, I think the whole operation from, uh, from every level, from every agency was involved in this, uh, from all three countries, Saudi Arabia, Israel, and the United States. Like there has been pushback. The United States government, when they, got requests for freedom of information uh, to get documents, essentially. They responded to this lawyer that says, documents you see contain information about Osama bin Laden 
we will not give you those documents because his privacy interest uh, that that is in that information. And another one said, we will not give you your documents unless you produce the death certificates of the 19 terrorist hijackers. So goddamn joke. I mean, it's a goddamn joke. Level, I mean, it's a fucking hilarious joke. Okay, I got some more stuff on the 9-11 commission. Good, I, I have the report up Super right now, quickly. actually. Um, let's just go yeah. through some, some sections Se- uh, to comment. Uh, the, the, yeah, the senior counsel on the 9-11 commission, uh, John Farmer Jr. What government and military officials told Congress, the commission, the media, and the public about who knew what when was almost entirely and inexplic- inexplicably untrue. Wait, so you say what's what's recorded in the 9-11 commission is uh, is untrue. Is that, sorry, is that what you were is that what the sentence said? Well, no, he said what the government and military officials told oh, Congress, excuse me. Okay. told everyone yes. essentially. Not only in the commission, but he also included the media and stuff like that. What they were saying was untrue. So and then, then there's also the chairman of the 9-11 commission, Thomas Keene. We to this day don't know why NORAD told us what they told us. It was just so far from the truth. Uh, no, NORAD is the the <laughs> aviation in, it, it, like agency or whatever. Okay, so make sure I had that straight. I was forgetting. Yeah, the, yeah, They're the people that track Santa every Christmas, kind of, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're kind of like the eye in the sky government agency. Cool. So six out of ten of the nine eleven commissioners have gone on record to say that there was a U.S. government cover up of the events of nine eleven. Well, that, that's why they, you know, formed this truth commission and they found out the truth and published their big five hundred eighty five page yeah. report that everyone read and now knows the truth about. It is it's literally insane. And, and okay, here's the best part: is that what is what what I'm trying not to be very problematic <laughs> with this question here, but. What what are the Jews' favorite event in history, Aaron? That they love to rail about all the time. Oh, I don't know. There's at least six million of them that they yeah. complain about constantly. So. <laughs> so no, this has been this this whole like the whole creation of like Greater Israel type that thing has been going on since before the 1900s. Yeah, but we've like pretty established that like pretty clearly too with the like. Even just from what we looked in with the Holocaust, this has been going on forever. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it started back in like the 1800s and stuff like that. So in, in the aftermath of everything, we have what we call Ground Zero and we built a monument there and there's a, a 9-11 museum there. The The monument was designed by Michael Arid, son of Moshe Arid, the former Israeli ambassador to the United States. The woman who runs the 9-11 memorial previously ran the Holocaust Museum. So you know they're they're just streamlining that propaganda uh, right a, down the a quality management. <laughs> the Holocaust Museum here in town is um very, you know, well conducted, well well done museum. Yeah. Do they have a shoe room though. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to go visit. Or I'll when I went I a year ago, fit. the shoes were not there in the exhibit. They're de- 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 fucking getting cleaned or something. Getting renovated. Yeah, and that's probably why you're able to... That's why you're able to use your discernment to doubt the Holocaust now, because you didn't get to see the shoes yeah, that was, uh, to emotionally devastate <laughs> you, and you get to see the scale of how many people died. Everyone's like, this would be really cool, really tragic, but uh, unfortunately you can't experience that today. Come back in a month, and then the pandemic happened, and I could never go back. So, <laughs> you might be wondering to yourself, it's like, but we have all these very professional and very ethical journalists in the United States that want nothing but the truth. And th- there's, 
I've never heard of all these reports that you found and all this information that was never talked about in the news media. Yeah, well, exactly. just to give you an idea of the narrative spun by mainstream media in the United States regarding 9-11, the New York Times in September 11, 2003, they wrote, in the three years since 9-11, we've begun to understand that it is possible to know what happened without knowing what happened. In, okay, okay. I think I can see where this is going. What happened was uh, the darkest day in American history, an act of terror and something that shakes uh, the, the foundation of uh, democracy and freedom in the West for years to come. And uh, what, you know, we don't need to know what happened happened to really understand, really know what happened on that uh, that dark, dark day. Is, is, that, is, that what they're, is that what they're saying, Bob? No, it's simpler than that. It's literally, we'll tell you what happened. Don't bother looking into it. No yes, <laughs> that is exactly that. And that's what we keep getting in today's news media, too. It's like, guys, there's no reason to to do the science on your own. Just trust the scientists, right? It'll be dangerous to your life if you attempt to to do the science that the scientists. Yeah, are yeah. If, keep you, us if safe. you actually independent, <laughs> if you independently <laughs> check on something and then you come to a different conclusion than what is the most mainstream answer, you are a, called dangerous. They use that word all the fucking time for just independent research. Oh, this is dangerous. This People will start believing that, this, and that would be dangerous. Dangerous to who? Dangerous how? To you? Because your entire... You're, you're yeah. going to correct well, because we run a mind like the goddamn Socrates. No, no, it's because we... Well, that's what they say, but what that translates to is because we run a business of lying to you, and it would be dangerous if you if people dangerous stop to, believing To the us. bottom line. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. What, that's what they mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy. Uh, like nine eleven is so clearly a an inside job that it's insane. Like it's not. It's so obvious. It, it is like I, I've never really looked into it too much on my free time up until like this show. And I have to admit, the last episode I was a spiraling fucking psychotic freak. It's true. Like you looking are. at all these like ties to Israel and being like, what is going on? Like there is a legitimate reason to suspect Israel and all of this and no one is bringing it up. No one, literally no one. Yeah. Uh, like it, it, that'd be it. Just think of it. If it was any other country, wait, it's literally like if they were all Chinese nationalists and it's like, and then, and then chairman Zing Zhao, uh, he was doing, you know, he ran this and then, uh, Mr. Ming uh, got the contract for the World Trade Center, and he got a $5 billion, uh, you know, insurance claim on it. it. It'd be, everybody would be losing their mind. They'd be like, that's fucked up. Why? Obviously, the Chinese did it. But if it's all Israelis, they're like, don't talk about it. So, so it, it was we funny came up with a word of why you're racist if you don't, if you talk about it. You're anti-Semitic. Like, what? What does that even mean? Speak, like, speaking yeah, of which, Christopher Boland said that he had brought some of these connections to Israel to like the, the news media. The news media did not want to cover it whatsoever. And he, he convinced a senator, I believe, to put it in the 9-11 commission record that there was like ties to, you know, this person having like an interest in Israel and stuff like that. And a lot of the stuff that I talked about here, he the senator brought it up and tried to get it on record and he was censored. For being uh, an anti-Semitic, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, the world doesn't change. Um, I, I, I'm, I have yeah. something that could be interesting to look into. Do you have any idea what uh, newspapers, news media in the Middle East, in um, Islamic countries, 
uh, were reporting at the time, like in Afghanistan, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Iran. Look at Iran, dude. Iran's the most basic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what what were they reporting about nine eleven when that happened? So I, I I'd imagine that uh, that yeah, it, it, it could be you know possibly quite a different story than what the U.S. and Israel are reporting. Josh, I like the way you think, and we really need to start cross referencing our news stories with what Iran reports on the same thing. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Holy shit. Actually, one of the funniest things I've ever seen is uh, on Twitter, somebody was like, imagine being 2020 and still being uh, against uh, gay rights or something like that. And the Iranian government Twitter account (laughs) replied, we don't have to imagine. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, it was hilarious. (laughs) Fucking, that's so based. (laughs) Yeah, wow. uh, it was amazing. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I it was just like, the, I want a government that's that cool that just outwardly dismisses dumb idiots on Twitter. It's so funny. Oh god! Yeah, so I'll, so I'll try to look I, at I that hope I laid it out. I can follow up on that, but it, it, yeah, Bob, Ed, what do you? What's your uh, conclusion? Conclusion. I hope I laid it out from starting in 1948 when Israel and the United States laid out their plan to dissolve every Arab nation that surrounded Israel. That that's how it started, and everything leading up and after the fact. Like there, there are so many confusing just outcomes of of what happened, why we did things in a certain way, especially in regards to the investigation or lack thereof of an investigation, the lack of prosecution, criminal prosecution. Oh, that was another thing, by the way, that the the attorney handling the Saudi Arabia case. He he said by us declaring war on terror. It it actually took uh, it took away the need for a criminal prosecution, and it actually gave the United States military the right to the right to gain justice on behalf of the citizens of the United States. Yeah, because there was a declaration of war, it didn't need to be investigated criminally in the court system. We we already have. It's literally <laughs> just carrying out an execution at the point. Is that is that like what he's saying? Yeah. Is that the- yeah yeah yeah? Jesus Christ! Oh yeah. Man. Fucking insane. Oh my god. You know, like I always joked around before being like, oh yeah, it was an inside job, but it's like, no, like there's legitimate reasons and concerns about what happened uh, regarding the, this whole debacle I, I think situation. It's legitimate concerns that, that's the least of or that, that's like the mildest way to put it, Bob. <laughs> Bob, were yeah. you listening to yourself yeah. the last two episodes? That, I, okay, I <laughs> try not so to obviously we already knew that I'm on board with it being an inside job before this even started. But Bob obviously has been swayed because he's been spiraling and researching 9-11 <laughs> for like a week and a half now. Um, Josh, you're usually the measured one. If you had to, again, the, the, the hypothetical I always come to is God, gun to your head, you have to be right. Inside job or terrorists hate our freedoms? Pick one. Oh god, that's well. When you frame it like that, oh, okay, pick okay, one, okay. Josh. Pick one, Josh. Inside job versus <laughs> yes, inside job versus terrorists hate our freedoms. That that yes, I I think what okay. there, there's still which one the inside job pick one. one yeah but oh, okay, yes. okay, okay. Uh, but but I think there are still a number of uh, uncertainties in multiple parties. Like I don't know, for example, what the the whole U.S. government involvement in this like, complicit 
yes. But U.S. government's involvement or, uh, you know, condoning or supporting a lot of this, um, I, I don't know if it was that in any way or if it was just some you know, Zionist interest uh, from particular officials in the government. Or, uh, for example... Um, I don't think the government works that way. I don't think they're in on it. Like, I, I agree with what you're saying. I don't think most of the people in the government are, like, getting a memo, like, today's the big day, fellas. <laughs> like, everyone, hush, hush. It's more like, oh, okay, here's a bunch of obvious connections that it's definitely something shady going on with Israel. But if I speak out against this, all that happens is that I lose my job or get killed. So I'll just shut up and just keep collecting my paycheck. It's and literally it, just laziness well, and greed. Yeah. It, it also seemed from my point of view during this research that there, there wasn't a whole lot of evidence suggesting like fa or that the United States government or their agencies were directly involved. But it, it kind of seemed because, especially in the Saudi Arabia uh, litigation, it, they figured out that the CIA knew who these people were and they had an active tracking system placed on these people. And so from... I would go as far to say that the United States and the alphabet agencies kind of were like the overseers and coordinators and directors and kind of like watching everyone's backs, essentially. I, I could see that during too. this whole thing. Uh, I think the, the 9-11 Commission actually makes a, an okay argument of the government's just horribly incompetent and the agencies weren't communicating with each other. And that's why uh, there was zero defense no. or coordination on the day. I, 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 I'm not saying that's necessarily the case, but I'm saying that like government agencies not communicating with each other, that's a very stand thing. It, like, if the CIA, if this, yeah, if if the purpose of the CIA and the FBI was for what they said it was, everybody involved in this would have been rounded up and fucking interrogated, like, at, like medieval Guantanamo style, until they got to the bottom of it immediately. They yes, they would have figured that out so fast. It was. It's I, would, not, I would hope so. It's not hard connections to make, like. Three dipshits just looking at some fucking files later on can kind of tell that, like, there's something going on there. And they could get, we, like, if we had the power of the FBI behind us, we could, we could actually get to the bottom of it. It's, it's not, it's on purpose. They're not that, but yeah, That's but like the, a, the FBI isn't working for our interests, and there's no way that they'll ever do such a thing. No, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, uh, but, and, and then there, there's the other thing. Even people in the FBI, like there's good people in the FBI, but they can't do anything about it. They just get fired or iced if they go against the grain too much. I, I also think that like the people in the United States in these agencies too, like if they weren't actively being held away from the information that, that would reveal this kind of stuff, they, they were slightly a part of it and complacent in it because of this whole... Uh, have you guys heard of the term Christian Zionism? I don't... At all? I don't think so. Well, how, do, how does this work? I think work? you were talking to me about this the other day. Yeah, it, it's based off of... It, you know, well, there's like the Jewish Zionists who like they wanted the nation of Israel and stuff like that. But there's also Christian Zionism where they believe in the um, Old Testament prophecy stating that once uh once the jews hold israel again and jerusalem and and have the country of israel is that will that will bring upon uh the second coming of christ and also the the end of the world the end of time oh i think you did so, mention this and, okay yeah and i hadn't looked into it until um this episode and i i only found a little bit on it because it's kind of hard to get into it 
when I typed it into YouTube, the first search results were like, well, why this is bad by Vox Media and Vice Media. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have just read those articles and but, brought them in and quoted them in a sarcastic voice. Yeah. This is clearly the, the journalistic uh, integrity difference between me and Bob. Well, I, I couldn't even find like where the prophecy was in the Old Testament. So I, I finally found a foothold that I could, I could get into. And I'm going to start researching this a little bit. But the prophecies come out of the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapters 33 through 48 well here's the problem with the problem that with that mindset because i get that i get what they're saying it's like when israel is you know takes control of the holy land again and they build their third temple and all that bullshit then like the rapture is going to happen or whatever uh you literally have to go against like every one of god's commandments in order to bring that about so why would you want to bring about the rapture quicker when you're absolutely going to be on the bad end of that for bringing it about like you don't get forgiven you know what i mean like if, so yeah. if you believe in that the mindset makes no sense These people are treating it like a secret society not like a some dog dogma and prophecy not like an actual religion and moral approach to life that makes more sense they don't really believe it, but they're trying to fulfill the prophecy as part of like their secret society thing because it's just, just kind of imagine funny. a demon like, told them a demon told them he would give them eternal life if they went and sacrificed a uh, you know, hundred children on a mountain or something. You know, it's it, it's it, it just fall. I don't know. It's it's that sort of thing in my in my head. Um. So, uh, Bob, I also have one one thing that I, f- I feel is a little bit unresolved from the whole nine eleven story. So we do have some individuals from Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia who did hijacked planes and flew them into the towers. What's the whole story behind like the actual terror attack itself? Because everything surrounding it, you had explanations for that, and um, you know, and, and a bunch of uh, complacent or uh, negligence in, in stopping the attack. Um, but the individuals itself and like the actual Al Qaeda and their their interests and. Um, What's the story behind the terror attack itself and like the actual motivation in uh, carrying that out? That is the single most guarded information about 9-11 that the U- really? U.S. government oh refuses to hell. give out. Yes, th- that's what I was trying to say because that one civil litigation yeah, the- by the 96 families against Saudi Arabia, those are those are the requests for... Um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, discovery Yeah, that they were asking for. And those are the requests that were denied because A, they didn't provide the death certificates of okay, the hijackers that's... and B, because it violated the, the, uh, I'm sorry here, it violated the, uh, privacy interests of Osama bin Laden. God, God fucking damn it. So, so the New York and- times. <laughs> was right about this episode of okay me out too we can know the truth what would happen without knowing what happened we knew it was an inside job we don't know what actually fucking happened god damn yeah. it this is uh, bob you made that's me true. mad that's funny that's <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> I, <laughs> I spent a whole week spiraling out of control because of this this whole yeah, fucking understandably thing now. give me yeah, a break like no really when, when you look into this and look into the surrounding events and everything, you can actually find information on, find evidence on, uh, make connections through, and then you can't find the details about the actual event itself. What the fuck, yeah. man? I so mean, now that we solved that, do you guys want to end the episode on a scientist discovery? Gladly. Let's do it. Please. 
Teach me the science. <laughs> I love the science. All right, I'm gonna click. I'm gonna send you guys the article right there in uh, show clips. Ooh, I like. Oh, All right. I like this already. You can blame Jupiter for the comet that killed the dinosaurs. Wait, was it a comet or an asteroid? <laughs> Did they change the story? It's a, it's a comet they now. They changed the story, I'm, yeah. Oh my. That's the point yeah. of this article, is that the story has now been changed. No. Everything it's I been I 66... <laughs> it's been 66 million years since something very large and possibly angry flew to Earth killing all the dinosaurs, and for a long time now, we've been looking for something to blame. Scientists have finally found us the scapegoat, the planet Jupiter. Not that the planet did it on purpose, that we know of. Here's what we already know, knew. Oh, dude, it's so retarded. Yep, and so apparently now it wasn't an asteroid, it was a comet that bounced off of Jupiter and then hit uh hit Earth. Uh let, let's see here. They're the Harvard the Harvard guy, the president of Harvard Students for the Exploration of Development of Space, he said, basically, Jupiter acts as kind of a pinball machine. <laughs> Jupiter kicks yeah. these incoming long period comets into orbit that bring them very close to the sun. These kind of long-period comets are called sun grazers, according to Siraj. When you have these sun grazers, it's not so much the melting that goes on, which is a pretty small fraction relative to the total mass, but the comet is so close to the sun that perfectly cool through sun and gravitational pull and fucking, it's all bullshit. It's all nonsense. Celestial bodies just, like, bounce off each other in irregular succession? I, I, I apparently it's don't know astronomy. Retarded. Is this a thing that happens? Is there a, a giant Let's get some cosmic pinball like, machine? Yes. Ping, 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 ping. Is there is a giant cosmic <laughs> pinball machine, that, pinball machine that we're just a part of, uh, that we just uh, fail at our role in it, bouncing things off. We just absorb the impacts of things and let our dinosaurs die, our goddamn beloved dinosaurs. Well, yes, Josh. I'm going to quote uh, the, the prolific and the legendary Don Pettit when he said, the only... Wait, limit do his voice. Do his voice. <laughs> the only limit. The only limit to space is in our imagination. <laughs> I just, I would love to look at this research that the that determined a comet, which we have no actual hard evidence of its trajectory or its speed or where it, it, it its rotation amongst the. Um, the solar system, like we have, we don't have that information anymore. That was hundreds of millions of years ago. Uh, tens of millions, excuse me. But they you. know exactly, 66, tens yeah. of millions. They knew exactly which planet went around it and how, it, like, the perfect angle that it must have gotten. Like, wham! It, you know, it's like they're sitting there, like, oh yeah, that's that's really cool. I, I'm it, imagining oh, this. This is like a, a Kennedy death sort of thing, where like uh, you have uh, the grassy knoll and the angle of entry for the bullet. And what if there were a bullet that melted in his body? Ooh, what if? Oh, uh, there were another sniper, <laughs> another rooftop. Uh, what uh, like that sort it was, of thing? It was an ice bullet. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's all these silly things where where uh, from limited evidence they're making up like 20 different scenarios or theories about what might have happened. It's uh, good. Oh, wow, that 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 was a good science discoveries. I oh Jesus. Thanks, Aaron. I feel I feel smarter already. Well, I wanna I wanna just. I want to share you something really one, great. One more here, thing. So we can yeah. really end it. Yeah. It's real. Well, well I, I want well, you to see. I want you to judge my um, 
the last paragraph of this is, is wait the last paragraph of this article is pretty good though if you want me to oh, read yeah? it real quick this yes. we will not only be able to study these events to understand the past we can see more clearly if one is ever going to come our way again and then we'll need to turn to aerosmith and hope ben affleck and bruce willis are willing to help <laughs> Fuck you. People really Sorry. just keep believing. Everybody believes the movies. Whatever movies told them. <laughs> the movie told me a plane was going to crash into the, the World Trade Center, and I believe it now. Um, so it we have a we have a clip we're going to finish off on with Don Pettit. But before that, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, again, call in the voicemail number uh, 833-666-0911. Uh, come federate with us on the Fediverse. That is OKHMO at pirateradio.social. And... Uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. The, the only limit to a human future is in pressure, our own man. imaginations. <laughs> You've got mail. What the fuck?